Hey, KJZZ listeners, it's Ophira Eisenberg, host of Ask Me Another, and I'm so excited that NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia is coming to Phoenix. House musician Jonathan Colton and I will be taping a live episode at the Orpheum Theater on Thursday, April 6th, with special guest Penn Gillette. Information at amatickets.org. There are tens of thousands of podcasts out there, and it's hard to know what's good. But WAMU and NPR's The Big Listen have come to the rescue. Host Lauren Ober introduces you to podcasts you may have never heard of and gives you the inside scoop on shows you already love, like the one you're listening to right now. Find The Big Listen on the NPR One app and at npr.org podcasts. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Cecil Baldwin with guest musician Julian Villard. Now, here's your host, Alvira Eisenberg! Thank you, Cecil Baldwin. And you may know Cecil as the voice of the podcast. Welcome to Night Vale. It's great to have you back as Puzzle Guru. Thanks so much. As always, we have four brilliant contestants backstage. They are doing their taxes while they wait to play our nerdy games. And only one will be our big winner. And our special guests are Josh Groban and Lucas Steele from the Broadway musical Natasha, Pierre, and the Great Comet of 1812. The show is an adaptation of Leo Tolstoy's War and Peace, which isn't the strangest book that's been made into a musical. Coming up this year, 1984, the musical will be happening. Uh, It was surprisingly easy to modernize. Our first game is about dinner and a movie, or as I like to call it, lean cuisine and BitTorrent. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Grace Ann Dorse on buzzer number one. You're getting your cat taxidermied by the best taxidermist in the country. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Eric Askinades on buzzer number two. Eric, you're an attorney. Welcome. Thank you. Grace Ann and Eric, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Let's start with a word game. Dine-in movie theaters are opening up all over the country, so we took that trend one step further. Instead of dinner and a movie, we've inserted dinner into a movie. So in each clue, we've replaced one word in a movie's title with a rhyming food word. Puzzle Guru Cecil Baldwin, how about an example? So in this film, astronauts crash onto a distant-seeming world where vine-ripened fruit rules over the human race. The answer would be Planet of the Grapes. Because grapes rhymes with apes. Buzz in to answer, and the winner will be one step closer to the final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Ryan Reynolds stars as a wise-cracking superhero who's anything but gluten-free. Grace Ann. Brad Poole. Yeah, that's right. Although in real life, we know that guy never comes near a carp. Probably not. <laughs> no, no. He like lives on arugula and sit-ups or something. <laughs> Sally Field, Dolly Parton, Shirley MacLaine, and Julia Roberts play a group of tender young cows living through love and loss in a small southern town. Grace Ann. You said cows? Yes. 
you know some part of the answer? I that... know the movie. Okay. Um, young cows. Young cows. <laughs> okay. Good no, answer. I, Not what we were looking for, but a I, good try. Eric, can you steal? Veal magnolias. That's that what we correct. were looking for. Yes. Vegans cry twice <laughs> at that movie. In this 2002 franchise starter, Matt Damon tries to regain his memories while fighting off people trying to spread butter on him and eat his kernels. Eric. Corn. Ultimatum? Legacy. Corn legacy. It's the, the cor- franchise cor- starter. Uh, the, the, wait, the born... The born... Um, memorandum, born, okay. born solution. All right, Grayson. <laughs> Ultimatum. Grayson, can you steal? The corn identity. Correct. Oh. <laughs> Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves are extraordinary lovers who can only communicate with slices of angel food, carrot, and German chocolate left in a time travel mailbox. Grayson. Do you know the movie? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be tough then. <laughs> Eric, can you steal? Um, the Catrix. The... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be... I mean, yeah, they would have to change the costumes in that movie if they're eating cake all the time. Uh, but no, it's not the cake tricks. We were looking for but, the movie oh. is the Lake House, and this was we were looking for the Cake House. That's a real movie. The Lake House. <laughs> the Lake House is the Cake House. Soon to be a real movie. Soon to be a real movie. Or the Cake Tricks. The Cake Tricks. The Cake Tricks is amazing. That is amazing. This is your last clue. A New York City cop fights terrorists in a skyscraper by flinging globs of rendered pig fat. Uh, Grace Ann. Die Lard. Yes. Oh. Yes. Correct. Puzzle Guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? Congratulations, Grace Ann. Well done. You're one step closer to moving on to our final round. <laughs> If your main problem with radio is all of those words, you'll love our next audio quiz, which is made up entirely of sound effects. Grace Ann, you're getting your cat taxidermied. Can you tell me why you decided to do this with your cat? Uh, he, was, he was gorgeous, so I didn't want to cremate him because I just couldn't stand the thought of him just going up into smoke. And I live in New York, so I have no piece of land to bury him <laughs> in. That's true. You know, so uh, taxidermy. Have you received your pet back from the taxidermist? No. Um, this taxidermist is so good that there is a queue of pets in line that he's not even going to work on my cat until about July. So my cat is in a freezer in Ohio right now. Hmm. Must be awesome to be that guy's neighbor. <laughs> Eric, you work as a commercial litigator, entertainment and theater lawyer, and adjunct professor at Columbia Law School. Yes. How can one person do all these things? Very carefully. Very carefully? I teach one day a week. Okay. And it's a legal writing course, so that takes up a limited amount of time. And uh, 
litigation when I have cases, I go and I have trials or I do things. And then the entertainment part, I help people who are actually musical theater writers, producers. I help them do the agreements with each other. And sometimes one thing turns into the other. If, you know, people don't get along, they always need a litigator. So... <laughs> Fantastic. Let's go to your next game, an audio rebus where sounds plus sounds equals fun. A rebus is a puzzle where words are replaced by pictures, but since this is radio and we don't have pictures, we're going to play rebuses made from sound effects. Cecil Baldwin, can you talk us through an example? Sure. See if you can decode this concept that you learned about in science class. Plus... So that was the sound effect of static, plus the sound effect of electricity, so static electricity. Okay. Oh. Mm. Interesting. Okay, Grayson, you won the last game, so you win this, you'll go to the final round. Eric, you need to win this, or Julian will follow you around playing this. <laughs> If I were you, I would aim to lose. <laughs> All right, let's get to the game. Here's your first one. This is a classic car. Plus. Eric. Thunderbird. Yeah, that's right. Okay, here's your next one. This is a controversial oil pipeline. Plus, arguably two antiquated sounds. Eric. I, I should know better, but I think it's just the ringtone pipeline. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Grace Ann, can you steal? Uh, Keystone? Keystone pipeline. <laughs> All right. I kind of like that you said that, Eric. All right, this is a three-parter. It's a famous crotchety literary character's catchphrase. Plus. Plus. Hey, puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, can you give them a hint? Sure. It's said by the character from A Christmas Carol. Eric. Uh, Bah Humbug? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, this is something an audiophile might own. Dive, dive, dive. Plus. <laughs> Grace Ann. Subwoofer. That is correct. That submarine sound is from the movie U571. All right, this is your last clue. Are you happy? Mixed messages. All right. <laughs> this is a facial accessory. <laughs> Plus. <laughs> Eric. Nose ring? Nose ring is correct. Yeah. Okay, puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? Eric, you won that game, so we're going to a quick game three. 
I'm going to give you a category, and you'll go back and forth, naming things that fall into that category. And the first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Name the seven dwarfs from the movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Grace Ann to start off. Uh, sleepy. Correct. Eric? Dopey. Dopey. Grace Ann? Sneezy. Sneezy. Eric? Grumpy. Grumpy. Grace Ann? Um, oh, Doc. Yes, there we go. Back to you, Eric. Sleepy, grumpy, dopey. Friendly? Unfortunately, oh. no, there was no friendly. The last two remaining were bashful and happy. Eric, we're sorry to see you go. Grace Ann, you're headed to the final round. Uh, Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Grace Ann in our final round at the end of the show. And we'll talk to Josh Groban and Lucas Steele, who star in a Broadway musical based on the book War and Peace. And we'll find out who plays war and who plays peace. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Cabbage, a simple, flexible way for small businesses to get up to $100,000. Visit cabbage.com slash AMA to apply online. There's no waiting in line, scanning documents, or tracking down financial statements. And when you qualify, you'll get a $100 Visa gift card that you can use anywhere. That's Cabbage with a K. K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash AMA. We'd like to say a quick thank you and share a message from one of our sponsors, Green Mountain Coffee. Green Mountain Coffee is passionate about making a smoother tasting cup. Their expert roasters and tasters sample, sip, and carefully craft every blend until they're sure your cup is smooth and perfectly balanced. And now, as a special listener promotion, get $4 off when you buy two boxes of most Green Mountain Coffee K-Cup pods at Keurig.com. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin with guest musician Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Cecil. Before the break, our contestant, Grace Ann, won her way to the final round at the end of the show. We'll find out a little later who she will face off against. But first, it's time to welcome our special guests. They star in the Broadway musical Natasha, Pierre, and the Great Comet of 1812. Please welcome Josh Groban and Lucas Steele. Wow. Hi. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So this musical is fantastic. I had the pleasure of seeing it. I was entranced by the entire production, the songs, the music, and The Great Comet is based on a 70-page slice of War and Peace. Yes. And The Great Comet is described as an electro-pop opera version. As you do. As you do. When your friends come up to you and they say, hey, I would love to come see the show, what's it about? What do you tell them, Josh? 
Oh, uh, I mean, you've described it perfectly. I okay, just say, good. you know, I say, well, it's a 70-page portion of War and Peace, and it's a genre-bending uh, musical that is in the round. This, this, uh, they've taken this proscenium setting of the Imperial Theater and turned it into this 360-degree kind of supper club. And it's an exciting, immersive, beautiful story that's very relevant to today. Yeah, it's an experience that's happening all around you. But it doesn't, you're not sort of put upon to be part of it. Sure. You're able to exist inside it. Some people are put upon to be part of it. Yes, there are a couple people. Compelled. Yeah, exactly. There's a a couple moments in the show. Well, you know, because, right, the audience is all around you. And Josh, you play Pierre, a philosopher who finds it difficult to connect with people. To prepare for this role, I know that, uh, you know, a couple things were new for you. One, you had to learn how to play accordion. Yep. And also, uh, I please explain what this means, that you had to kind of rough up your voice yeah. for the role of Pierre. What does that mean? Well, I mean, all my l- life and career, I was training my voice to have this kind of more pure, classically trained, uh, technically sound voice. And Pierre is decidedly not those things. He's very rough around the edges. One of the first conversations I had with Dave Malloy, who composed it and was the original Pierre, was how do I find that fringe so that I'm able to kind of bring what I bring vocally to the role, but also show that angst and show that roughness and, and do it in a way that's healthy. The role has taught me a lot about what I'm actually capable of vocally, because when you do a certain style for so many years, and then you kind of have permission to change it up because that's what the role needs. Mm-hmm. I've never had that. Um, you learn what your what your new boundaries are, which is fun. I'm sure you've had other Broadway offers before, Josh. I've had some certainly a lot of conversations and some offers, and um, you know, timing is everything when it comes to uh, mounting a production. And um, I'm glad that I waited. I read on a, in the blogosphere that they were thinking of bringing this show that I had seen downtown. They were bringing it to Broadway, and so I I threw my name in the hat. And a couple of conversations later, it it wound up being a really good organic first step in. I've been spoiled. It's been the greatest creative experience of my life. Yeah. But even in his... I'm going to jump in because yes, he's so humble do, about all of this. Yes. The, there are very few people that I can even think of that can be over the title and actually sell a Broadway show that have the, the skill set that is required to actually That's do this. That's not just a stunt kind of thing. No. <laughs> yeah. There's well, was, nothing stunt about it. I was mm-hmm. very cognizant of the fact that I didn't want this to be viewed as a gimmick or a stunt casting kind of thing sure. because I wanted to, and I have such a huge respect for this extraordinary ensemble that I knew I was going to be a cog in this incredible wheel. But at the same time, I wanted it to be right and I wanted it to be organic. And so I'm very, I mean, I'm very lucky. Yeah. Anatole, who you play, Lucas, Natasha's love interest. I'm just like him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is, he is described as uh, succinctly so as hot. cool and horrible. <laughs> is it hard to play just super hot night after night? Yeah, I, for me, you, you can't play hot. It's not something you right. can sort you of... You just have to be it, baby. <laughs> I just walked right into that yeah. one. I don't know. It's it's thrilling and terrifying every time. Every night I sort of think, is this going to work again? Will the illusion be intact? And sure. Will I sort of believe all of and this? And you have but to play with the fact that sometimes the audience might not like what your character does. Yeah. There's a moment in the second act where Anatole sort of surprises people with the ability to play a certain instrument. I'm not going to give it away. Sure. And I find each night at that moment that I notice them looking at me a little differently. They soften up a little bit. Yeah, they go, oh, he's not such a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who plays the nose flute certainly has a heart. (laughs) Yes. 
And and there is true lack of fourth wall. I mean, you you made a joke about interacting with them. Uh, has anyone ever just really tried to join the cast? <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple moments where I have a microphone on and it's silence, and a couple oh, yeah. times people have sort of tried to chime in and. Everyone's a comedian, right? You sort of learn. They're I've like, learned. hey, somebody, he sits. He sits down next to somebody during a certain scene, and he goes, and he says, "Yes, that's the way. It's a Russian custom." And the, the guy, dead next, silence, dead silence. Defense. And the guy is leaning in next to his microphone and goes, "Some customs are better than others." <laughs> to which Lucas, off the cuff, replied, "So are some audience members." Ah! Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that was the same thing that happened in the theater, Zing. right there. That sound. Yeah. <laughs> I will say one of the greatest things as an audience member in The Great Comet is being surrounded by everyone singing, and I got to feel what it was like to hear that powerful sound of unbelievably talented people singing side by side. It's a fascinating thing, the sound design on this show. Yeah. It really is remarkable, and there are almost 250 speakers that are out in the house. They've built a program just for our setup. They and wrote so code. They wrote code just they for our show. System. Yeah, they wrote code. So that when we move through the space, the sound goes where we are. So what? if you close your eyes, so the idea of it is wherever you're sitting in the house, you can close your eyes and you can know where somebody is standing when they're singing. So It's also there to help you know where to look because the action is happening through right. the whole theater. So you need to, oh, so, sound is coming from over here. I need to look this direction. Yeah, it's, but it's, I think that ties into what you were saying about... Feeling like you are in it because, because you there are. was technology actually That's creating right. that experience. Yeah. Yeah. That is absolutely fascinating. Wow, Lucas! At one point, you received career advice from Cindy Lauper. Mm-hmm. Can you just walk us through that entire story? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing Three Penny Opera with Cindy Lauper and Alan Cumming and an incredible cast, and. I have to say, the show that was happening off stage rivaled was the, the show, show. <laughs> that was happening right. on stage. And we were out one night at a bar, and I was talking to Cindy about writing and being an artist and everything that that is, and, and also working in theater and what you sort of are. You're a vessel for other people's material. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's an amazing thing to be. But if you also have leanings that uh, lead you in other artistic directions, that may not be the most appropriate thing for you to be doing all of the time. And she was talking about how specific, like Josh said, she needed to be in choosing something that was gratifying to her and pushed her in a direction. And I said, everything you're saying right now, you're kind of speaking the words of my heart. And she looked at me. I remember this, this was over a hoe garden. I don't know why I remember the beer that was sitting in front of Greatest. me. And she said, you don't ever need to settle. You don't ever need to settle. <laughs> and I've held on to that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean. I'm glad that it w- ended up being real advice because I was once given advice from, of all people, Joan Rivers. She went, do you want showbiz advice? And I was like, yes. She goes, wash your hands. That was it. <laughs> oh, so important, But that though. is important. It's so important, yeah. That <laughs> rivals don't settle, I'd say. It's so easy to get sick. It really is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is. All right, you guys are a dream to have on the stage, and now I would love to subject you to an Ask Me Another Challenge. <laughs> subject away. Can't wait. Bring back our house musician, Julian Villard, and our puzzle nice. guru, Cecil Baldwin. Hello. Awesome. So we've crafted a musical challenge for you. 
As you know, many fantastic Broadway shows are adapted from other works, but in this game, we wondered what it would sound like if someone adapted television commercials into Broadway spectaculars. Ooh. So guest musician Julian Villard, take it away. We've reimagined TV commercial jingles to be in the style of Broadway tunes. Buzz in and name the product associated with each jingle. You'll be competing against each other, and if you need a hint, our puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin is standing by. The winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh. <laughs> I want that so bad. Dreams coming true. Okay. A dream. Ready. Dream. Okay, here we go. Meow, 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 I mean, that's just from cats, right? I mean, that's, that's, I know, is that the warm up? That is actually how that song has always sounded to me. Lucas rang in. Do you know the product? I'm going to say Meow Mix. You are correct. Oh, very good. All right. All right, here's your next one. Great. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. Have it your way. (laughs) Have it your way. Oh, man. That is so good. No way. Do either of you want Lucas? Are you just not ringing in because you want? You know Josh it. Go for it. I don't know if I know it. I think Burger King. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good job. Okay. I wasn't sure though. Good job. Have it your way. Okay. Have good. it your way. Yes. Here's your next one. Double your pleasure, double your fun. <laughs> that's the statement of the great mint in. Uh, <laughs> Josh. Uh, uh, Double mint gum? The answer to the question is double mint gum. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. (laughs) Pepto Bismol. (laughs) Yes, yes. Josh, that's correct. <laughs> All right, sadly, this is your last clue. Oh. You could keep it to yourself, but it wouldn't be fair. Because that chocolate crispy taste is loved everywhere. Give me a break, give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. Oh, Lucas rang in too early. Josh. You're locked out? I tried. Oh. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Kit Kat. Yeah, Kit Kat. You guys were both very excited by that commercial. Well, I mean, I just, I love Les Mis. It brings a tear to my eye no matter what words you use. Puzzle Guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our special guest do? Congratulations, Josh. You won an did Ask I another Rubik's Cube. Oh, yeah. It's a close match, though. It was very close. You guys, uh, I can't thank you enough for joining us on the show. We and love you we guys. So thank you for fun. having us. Josh Groban and Lucas Steele. Thank you. 
Now it's time for Cecil and Julian to play a game. This is The Wisdom of the Crowd. It's based on a classic experiment you may have done in school. The teacher holds up a jar of jelly beans, and the students have to guess how many are in the jar. And even though some individuals may have terrible guesses, when you average everyone's guess together, you get very close to the correct answer. Uh, of course, we're assuming that you went to school at a whimsical carnival. So... <laughs> Today, guest musician Julian Villard will have to decide whose wisdom he trusts more, a recent live audience we pulled right here at the Bell House, or the wisdom of our puzzle guru, Cecil Baldwin. So here we go. Cecil, according to the Disney World theme park, how many pairs of sunglasses are turned into their lost and found department every day? Every day? And this is just one theme park? One theme park. How many? Okay, so just pick one theme park. I'm going to say... 3,000. 3,000. Okay. Our audience... People are forgetful. Yeah. Our audience thought the answer was 2,422. So what do you think, Julian? Wow. Who's closer? Is it Cecil or is it the audience? I think there's a logical way to approach this because obviously, like, I'm going to go with Cecil's answer. I'm going to say 3,000 because there's so many more numbers that are over 3,000. Guess what? The answer is 210. <laughs> Cecil, according to the National Peanut Board, how many peanuts does it take to make one 12 ounce jar of peanut butter? So, how, like, so that's like a normal, a normal peanut butter jar yeah. size. Let's, let's, uh, I think I overshot on the last one. Sure. So let's, you know, let's undershoot and say 500. 500, okay. Our audience thinks the answer is 4,100. <laughs> And 47. So who's closer, Julian, Cecil or the crowd? That's clear. Yeah, the crowd is way wrong. Um, Yes, Cecil. Cecil's answer is right. The answer is actually 540. Cecil! Yes! Yes! Good job going with Cecil. Spatial reasoning. Well done. Cecil, according to the market research group Package Facts, that's got to be a fun place to work. (laughs) <laughs> How many slices of pizza does the average American eat in one year? Is it how many slices of pizza does this average American <laughs> eat in one year? You might, I, I don't know. Infinity symbol is the answer. <laughs> um, I know between my brother and I, we average about a pie each. So that's what? That's eight slices. Yeah. In a year? In a year. How many times do you order pizza in a year? A thousand? Okay. That seems high, doesn't it? Little. But again, that's just me. I mean, that's, um, just, that's just like three times a day. Is that normal? <laughs> Let's say uh, 400. 400. Our audience thinks the answer is 148 slices. What do you think, Julian? Uh, the audience is right, clearly. Okay. The actual answer is 46. They only eat 46 slices. 46 slices? The average American. I'm sorry, do you all not eat a pizza a day? That's like the same thing the doctor says, how many drinks do you have a week? And you're like, two. You know, that's what happened there. <laughs> this is your final one. Cecil, across the entire 20-volume Oxford English Dictionary, how many entries are there for words that are in current usage? Words that are not archaic old words yeah, 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 yeah. or variants of words. So essentially the question is, how many words do we know? Yeah. That how many are- wor- or how many words do we use? Oh, goodness. Uh, 20-volume Oxford English Dictionary. Let's say 25,000. 25,000. 
Okay. Our audience thinks the answer is 102,380,866. Julian, who do you think is closer? So wait, that was the average answer that the audience gave? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So people may have doubled or tripled that. And then one person's like, three. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go with Cecil. 25,000. The answer is 171,476. But it's still closer. But it's still closer. Yeah, it's Cecil did it. Cecil did it. You both did fantastic. Thank you so much for playing. You both get jelly beans. The whistle of the crowd, everybody. Hey, you, listening to this in Arizona, and hey, you, listening to this in Virginia, if your estimation is that the wisdom of our crowd might be increased if you were part of it, well, that's the kind of nerdy arrogance we love. Ask Me Another will be in Phoenix on April 6th and at the Virginia Arts Festival on May 18th. Information at amatickets.org. Coming up, when's the last time a puzzle made you cry? Well, Julian Villard will parody Adele's iconic heartbreak song. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. We'd like to say a quick thank you and share a message from one of our sponsors, AMC. Pierce Brosnan stars in the new original series, The Sun, a multi-generational saga depicting the birth and rise of oil, Texas, and America. Premier Saturday, April 8th at 9, 8 central on AMC. All this month, we're asking you to tell a friend about a podcast that they'll love. For example, Lily A. Fowler tweeted, Despite all of the new podcasts out there, I still turn to at NPR Fresh Air on a regular basis and continue to be amazed at the quality. Got it? Okay, now you do it. Tell a friend in real life or on social media. And if they don't know about podcasts, show them how. Tell us what you recommended with the hashtag tripod. T-R-Y pod. Thanks for spreading the word. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, here with guest musician Julian Villard. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Cecil. Coming up, we've got a musical parody game with Julian Villard, who's been consuming nothing but hot lemon water to get ready to parody an Adele song. Let's meet our next two contestants. First up, Brandy Love on buzzer number one. You work in tech for an investment bank. Welcome. I do, thank you. Your opponent is Peter Story on buzzer number two. You are a retired lawyer. Welcome. Thank you. We've got a music parody for you, and I'm going to throw it over to Julian Villard. Thank you, Ophira. Uh, We rewrote Adele's song, Rolling in the Deep, to make it about things you find deep down in the ocean. (laughs) Buzz in when you know what I'm singing about, or if you want to tell me that my voice is better than Adele's. (laughs) (laughs) There's a fire starting in my heart. I saved your life now, I don't want to be a part Tried to coax my dad to no avail Made a deal with Ursula to trade away my tail Peter Mermaid Can you be more specific? Uh, Ariel the Mermaid? Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right 
you know, Ariel is perfect. We were looking for the little mermaid, but you're right. She was very average size for a mermaid, <laughs> right? You're right. That's my favorite uh, fable, the mermaid. <laughs> the mermaid. The average mermaid. <laughs> The riding hall's gone the way of Jonah On these large vessels Is there any treasure there? The Lusitania, the Arizona Sank to the bottom Peter Wrecks? Shipwrecks? Yeah, shipwrecks, exactly That's what we're looking for Although we now call them ship hot messes (laughs) (laughs) As low as you can go, Challenger Deep, in the Pacific Ocean, Deep Sea Valley, Walls of Steep. Brandy. Submarines? Mmm, no. Submarines is not exactly what we're looking for here. Peter, can you steal? Mariana Trench? Yeah, that's exactly what we were looking for. (laughs) Wow. Peter. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's the deepest part of the ocean and east of Pacific Islands that share its name. Uh, It's also getting its own Whole Foods. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, this was a story Plato told to teach a lesson about hubris in a nation bold. Play tectonics, say no lost continent, but some writers used to wonder where it went. Peter. Atlantis? Yeah, Atlantis. I have eight arms, but I use my tentacles to catch my prey. I'm so big they wind up dead. I'm like an octopus, but not identical. Release the kraken. (laughs) Peter. Giant squid? Giant squid. (laughs) Peter, you really know your sunken stuff. (laughs) I go low. (laughs) (laughs) well done sir (laughs) you got a couple more the engines from this craft carried Buzz and Neil they lay in the Atlantic till Jeff Bezos showed some zeal Brandy. It's one of the Apollos. Yeah, we'll take it. Apollo 11. (laughs) One of the Apollos is good enough. Sharks and dolphins, turtles, fish, and more. But less coral than there used to be before. Natural wonders this place sure can boast. Off of Australia, it's down by Queensland's coast. Peter. The Great Barrier Reef. Great Barrier Reef is correct. And this is your last clue. He gave us Avatar, Terminator also. He likes to go on slow dives. He's exploring, 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 exploring like Cousteau. 
Anytime, anyone? Do you want to puzzle guru? Uh, oh, Peter. James Cameron? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> puzzle guru Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? Peter, well done. You are one step closer to moving on to our final round. <laughs> Next, it's a game called Striptease. Don't worry, parents. It's completely kid-friendly because nudity is natural and we shouldn't be ashamed of our bodies. <laughs> but first, let's check in with our contestants. Brandy, you are also really into baking. Yes. Okay, so if you could enter something into a baking competition that would win, what would you enter? Um, it's something called cowboy cookies, okay. and they're just full of, like, coconut and pecans and all kinds of good stuff. I finished them off with some um, Malden salt. Oh, with all oh, they're so yeah, good. Yeah. They're so good. They would win. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm in. Peter, you describe yourself as someone who is not brave, but you <laughs> also... I've learned, jumped out of a plane and slept under a truck. So mm -hmm. can you explain yourself? <laughs> well, uh, jumping out of a plane, uh, one day, freshman year, the most gorgeous girl in our freshman dorm and the hunkiest hunk in our freshman dorm <laughs> showed up together saying, we've just gone skydiving and you should too. So, of course, the whole dorm had to go skydiving because right. <laughs> you can't. Pass on that. Sure. Good-looking people told you to do something. You, you got it. There's no cred like that. So, so I jumped out of a plane. And how was it? It was fun. Okay. And terrifying. Okay. But you, but you lived to tell the tale. I lived to tell the Would tale. Would you do it again? No. Okay. <laughs> well, it's time for a saucy word game. Uh, Brandy, what are you not ashamed of? Um, well, there's nothing to be ashamed of, no. really. But... <laughs> Um, I've always struggled with my ridiculous hair, and I've decided to embrace it. I go to like a special, you know, curly hair cutting person now. And <laughs> see, I, as someone with totally bone straight hair, I've wanted curly hair my entire life, and I know it goes in reverse. Yeah. Uh, but I am I am jealous of your lovely locks. Thanks, Peter. What are you not ashamed of? I guess my ears, because I'm ashamed of pretty much everything else. <laughs> <laughs> You do have fantastic ears. Well, thank you. <laughs> so we have a word game for you called striptease, and every answer is a famous phrase that's had its letter T's removed. Let's go to Cecil Baldwin for an example. Sure. So if I said Paul Bunyan, John Henry, and Picos Bill are the subject of unlikely stories about drinking every beer, your answer would be all ales. Because that's tall tales with the T's stripped away. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> the crowd riots. <laughs> Peter, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are in the final round. Brandy, you need to win this. If you lose, however, you'll receive a T-bone steak dinner that is cooked well done and smothered in ketchup. <laughs> Harsh. Okay, I encourage you to buzz in, talk it out. Here's your first one. Megadeth, Black Sabbath, and Motorhead are examples of this aggressive genre that gets a little sluggish after enjoying a third helping at Thanksgiving. Brandy. Heavy meal. Heavy meal <laughs> is correct. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. This beloved children's TV star wore the same cardigan every day because he refused to spend a dime on anything nice. Peter. Miser Rogers? Yes, that is correct. Ah. Mr. Rogers without the T. He did only have those two pairs of shoes. <laughs> and one of them lived in the land of make-believe, so really he just had one. I heard a rumor that the military dictator of medieval Japan is only getting married because there's a little samurai on the way. Puzzle Cecil Baldwin, can you offer a, a little hint here? Oh, goodness. Uh, so what we're looking for is kind of an, an older phrase about, you know, when a, a little, little one is on the way and you got you to gotta run off and, and get hitched real quick. Oh. Peter. A Shogun Wedding. Shogun <laughs> Wedding. It's very hard not using the actual words in the answer, exactly. by the way. Exactly. So this period of the French Revolution, headed by Robespierre, made much use of the guillotine and was largely defined by mistakes, miscalculations, and blunders. Uh, Peter. The Reign of Error. Correct. Yeah. This large saline lake in Southern California is one of North America's largest bodies of inland hairstylists and cosmeticians. Peter. The Salon Sea. Salon sea. The Salon Sea. That's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. The Salton Sea frequently burps up hydrogen sulfide, everybody, so you can smell it as far as 130 miles away in Los Angeles. Lovely. Nice. <laughs> Okay, this is your last clue. McDonald's keeps this record of seafood sandwiches. Peter. File fish. File that under fish. That is correct. <laughs> you guys did amazing. That was a very, very hard one. <laughs> Puzzle Cecil Baldwin, how did our contestants do? Peter, you won both games, so you're moving Ooh. on to the final round. <laughs> Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Grace Ann Dorst, who's getting her pet cat taxidermied, and Peter Story, who once jumped out of a plane because beautiful people told him to. <laughs> Puzzle Guru, Cecil Baldwin, take it away. Peter and Grace Ann, your final round is called Occupational Hazards. Every answer will contain a job or occupation. So if I gave you the clue... Clark Gable character, who said, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, you would answer Rhett Butler, a butler being a job. We're playing this round like a penalty shootout. You'll get up to eight questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner, and your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and two tickets to see The Great Comet on Broadway. We rolled a die backstage, and Grace Ann is going first. Here we go. Grace Ann, in physics, any material that allows the flow of electrical current? Conductor. Correct. Peter, a small flame that ignites a gas burner? Pilot light. Correct. Grace Ann, what British people call the footwear we call sneakers or tennis shoes? Trainers. Correct. 
Peter. Sherlock Holmes' famous street address. Baker Street. Correct. Grace Anne, musical duo consisting of Karen and Richard, whose hits include Top of the World and Close to You. The Carpenters. Correct. Peter, she played Princess Leia in Star Wars. Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Correct. Grace Anne, before playing Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens, he played Lena Dunham's boyfriend on Girls. Adam Driver. Correct. Peter, he created Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. Three seconds. The answer is Mike Judge. We're at the halfway point, and Grace Ann is in the lead four to three. Grace Ann, U.S. luxury fashion brand with a logo featuring a horse pulling a carriage. Three seconds. The answer is Coach. Peter, former New York Giants running back turned TV correspondent whose identical twin played on the Buccaneers. No idea. The answer is Tiki Barber. Grace Ann, Wisconsin's pro football team. The Green Bay Packers? Correct. Peter, light beer brand hailing from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Miller. Correct. Grace Ann, rum brand named after a Welsh pirate. Captain Morgan. Correct. So here's the situation. Grace Ann is in the lead, six to four. Peter, if you get one more question wrong, or if Grace Ann answers one more question correctly, Grace Ann will win the game. So Peter, stand-up comic who starred in Good Luck Chuck. Three seconds. Congratulations, Grace Ann. Peter, the answer was Dane Cook. Congratulations, Grace Ann. You're the big winner. Congratulations, Grace Ann. You're a big winner. And that's our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Cecil Baldwin. Hey, my name anagrams to Blind Ice Claw. Our house musician is Julian Villard. Naive Duljar. Our puzzles were written by Juan Escalante, Scott Ross, and senior writers Kyle Beakley and Karen Lurie. Our senior supervising producer is Art Chung. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Danny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Toya Singh. Satney Hogg. Along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Okabe, and David Herkin. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Haripa Pagonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Now, I know if you made it to this point in the podcast, you are a fan of our show. Thank you so much. So... Why don't you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? Or better yet, leave us a review. Your support helps other people find our podcast. Thank you. Next time on Ask Me Another, Natasha Leone tells us how to pack for a double feature day watching her new movies, Anti-Birth and Yoga Hosers. And I like uh, a sensible shoe. I always carry a spare pair of panties. Metro card, $20, ID. So I would suggest, you know, that sort of a strategy. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.